The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew in the 14th chapter. Now when Jesus heard about the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. We gather by the oak trees. The preacher stands up to read. Jesus saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them. In the branches, the sparrows watch and listen. The preacher reads, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. One sparrow falls to the earth, falls upon a moth. The word is fulfilled for those who see and hear. All ate and were filled. I wrote this poem six years ago after our annual worship in the park. This serendipitous event of a sparrow feeding upon a moth even as the pastor read about Jesus feeding the crowd with bread and fish was an epiphany of grace, a parable of the grace that surrounds us accessible to the eye that sees and the ear that hears. I wonder, do sparrows listen to the word of God proclaimed in all of its various sounds in nature? Do they wait expectantly for the word of grace that sustains them? Or do they tune it out like we all too often tune out the words of an all too familiar gospel? And do sparrows believe they depend upon the hand of God to feed them? Do they wait expectantly for God to provide the moth or the seed that they might eat and be filled? Or do they believe they get food by their own effort, as we believe about ourselves? 
Something as common and insignificant as a sparrow can teach us wonderful things about God's grace. That's something Jesus does all the time. The pastor might just as well have been reading from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Or from Matthew chapter 10, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Common, insignificant things, like a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. What are they among so many? Or 12 ordinary men following an itinerant preacher and healer? What are they in a land where the king can lop the head off those who dare to criticize him and give it as a present to those who please him? This is what Jesus has just heard. News of the death of John the Baptist at the hands of King Herod. This is what sends him and his disciples in a boat across the lake to a deserted place, fearing for his own life, perhaps, or to mourn in solitude the death of his mentor, or to grieve for a world ruled by fear. There's a lot of fear in this gospel today. Fear of King Herod's ruthlessness, fear of sickness, fear of hunger. The difference between the days we read about in the gospel and the way things are for us today in our nation, in our community, is that we live in a much more affluent time and place. There are fewer of us who are desperately ill with no hope of healing, and fewer of us who are desperately hungry with no notion from where our next meal will come, and fewer of us who live in terror of the injustice that might fall upon our heads at any moment. But that doesn't mean these fears don't exist for the poor, the homeless, for people of color. And the fact that more of us are well off and can feed ourselves and have medical insurance and are able to avoid the abuse of the law might mean there are fewer of us who have eyes to see and ears to hear the grace that sustains us. Five loaves of bread and two fish. What are they among so many? I've heard this parable explained in the following way. When the disciples brought the five loaves and two fish and gave them to Jesus, someone else in the crowd brought out what he had, a little bit of food he was saving for himself and his family. And then another, and another, 
until suddenly everyone in the crowd was bringing his or her meager offering to Jesus. And when all of this was collected and shared, there was more than enough for everyone. The miracle in this explanation is the miracle of human compassion. When there's a need, one or two people respond. And their compassion becomes contagious so that more and more people respond. We saw something like this after so many stores along Lake Street were looted and burned. Food pantries suddenly overflowed with donations. The compassion was overwhelming. But I believe there's more to this miracle than human compassion. I believe there's grace. I believe there's divine love that creates food out of sunlight and air and water, a photosynthesis of divine love that touches even the sparrows. Jesus does things that we cannot do for ourselves, like creating food out of thin air. In our Lutheran tradition, we're good at emphasizing the spiritual things Jesus does that we can't do for ourselves. Jesus forgives our sin. Jesus saves us. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus gives us faith, hope, love, and all the fruits of the Spirit. But it's interesting in this story of the feeding of the 5,000, what Jesus does with this food he miraculously creates. He gives it to the disciples and they distribute it among the crowd. He puts the disciples in the middle between the crowd's need and God's grace. And he commands them or invites them to share God's bounty with the hungry. Do the disciples feel human compassion for the crowd? Maybe, or maybe not. Maybe they're so amazed by the miracle they don't know what they are feeling. It might be a lot like it is for us when Jesus puts us in the middle between God's grace and the world's need and says to us, you give them something to eat. You give them healing. You give them human dignity. Some of us are touched in our hearts and respond with compassion. And quite frankly, some of us obey simply because Jesus told us to do this. But either way, the Holy Spirit is working in us and leading us to do what we are meant to do. Since the death of George Floyd, I have changed the way I pray. I used to pray, Lord Jesus Christ, help me to love as you created me to love. 
help me to love as if I'm lacking in it. But then I thought, if that's true, that I am lacking in this divinely originated love, then what does my baptism mean? And Holy Communion? And what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? And so now I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, how shall I love as you created me to love? How shall I express the love that comes from God, the love that was sealed in me through the Holy Spirit in my baptism, the love that you nourish in me again and again through Holy Communion? How will your divine love be shown in me today? And I know that I won't always see it. Perhaps I will never see it. Because the love God puts in me to share with others isn't there for my gratification so that I can look at the good loving things I'm doing and pat myself on the back and say, my, what a good Christian I am. No, it is not for me to see. It is more likely to be shown in things too common and ordinary for me to notice, like patience and kindness and all of those other humble things St. Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 13. But these little common things are so important in the eyes of God a little bit of water on our heads assures us that we are beloved children of God. A little bit of bread and wine assure us of God's grace and forgiveness. The little bit of wind that we breathe into our lungs assures us that God's spirit is all around us. And simply by breathing, God is living in us. Even the sparrows breathe the wind, and are filled with God's breath, God's love, God's grace. And every one of you is more valuable than many sparrows. Amen.